So this is the Chicken and Rice podcast, and we're going to be tackling identity and how how it put in your life. So we're going to jump right into it. And the first question is, what has your experience that probably been like, and especially with your identity and your race and your culture? And how do these factors ex- affect your experience? Um, well, for me, coming to Poly as a freshman, I really didn't want to be there. I didn't feel like I fit in. There weren't people who looked like me or who spoke like me or who even acted like me. Um, I purposely try to fail classes so that my parents would take me out of poly and put me in a public school where I much rather would have been. Um, looking back, I feel like I've now realized the opportunity that poly presented for me. And I realized that by getting C's my freshman and sophomore year, I kind of screwed myself for the future. But I mean, like, I regret it. But then again, I don't like, I, I feel like Without the football team or without, like, Umoja, I really wouldn't have had an enjoyable time at Poly at all. Like, it, it just wasn't one of those schools that I immediately clicked with or vibed with. However, I understood the um, opportunities it would provide for me in the future. So I just had to tough it out and stuff. Uh, yeah, being a, a minority in the student body gives you, like, a gives you different roles at school. And it, it makes it important to, like, be a part of change or excel in one area, either academics or athletics. So it's just a different experience than people who can just, like, fit in, I guess. To add on to Devante about the um, minority situation, it's crazy because Polly's had a racial incident or something significant happen almost every year since I've been here. And um, and uh, when you're a minority, people look at you to sort of speak up, and that puts you in an uncomfortable position. Because for me, yes, I'm a loud person, and I like talking and all of that, but, like, when it comes to talking about how I feel or, like, issues that surround me, I don't really feel like voicing my opinion too often. So when racial incidents happen or the blackface incident, let's just talk about the blackface incident, for example. When that happened... Umoja, the group that I, the uh, affinity group that I took place in, they had to put everything together. And I feel like that's an unfair burden to place on African-American students or any minority group within Bali because the institution itself should handle things like that, not a specific group, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and having those conversations is also uncomfortable when you're not, you know, you can't really relate to everyone else that's speaking on those issues. Coming from yeah. a coming from a different perspective, to add on to what Andrew just said, I do feel like the student body does look at the African American groups to start the conversations and, and whatever change is going to happen. I feel like it's like it's like the eyes all go towards them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I feel like the reason that kind of happens is just like. A lot of kids at Poly who, like, a lot of the white kids at Poly, including myself, would be, like, very uneducated on a lot of the things they're talking about. Because, like, as we see just in the world right now, like, a lot of people really don't understand the history of racism and, like, the effect that it can have on people. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that kind of goes really well into the next question, which is, like, how is life at Poly similar to life in the real world? 
And, like, I feel like, for me, it's very similar. Like, I don't really experience, like, any hatred or any discrimination just through the fact that I'm a white male. Like, I've never, like, been in public and, like, been worried for my safety when I'm around police or something like that. Yeah. Which a lot of people who aren't like me have to deal with. Um, like I said, Polly, in the real world, I, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, I really feel like Polly is, um, it is uh, preparing you for the real world to, to the fullest extent because going through Polly, you really learn. For me, I've learned how to um, use the people around me and use the resources around me and to sort of just play the game. You know what I mean? Like if someone's being fake, but I realize that I'm going to need them, I've learned to um, use them to my advantage. You know what I mean? That's a bad thing to say, yeah, but I feel like that demonstrates how cruel the real world actually is you know what i mean like if you're not focused or like trying to get what you want other people will come along and try to take that from you so like polly has definitely prepared me in that sense for polly's definitely important when it comes to like taking advantage of opportunity but like your whole life you're not always gonna have the same type of advantages you might have like at a private school in high school that's true. Like, we have to move on and go off on our own. And we have to keep evolving as people. So in the real world, I mean, I think it's similar as well because um, uh, I'm going to be a minority wherever I go. So like white leadership in America, like that's something to be expecting. And um, also a lot of times like people like me, are like expected to like work away from academics in areas like athletics or entertainment. So like um, that's another thing. Just also making sure that you don't feel like you don't belong in certain areas. And this also like connects to like Get Out because um, in the movie we see like the black body that is meant to be combined with like the white mind. It's like become a complete human. And yeah, that's like something. Up on your point about Get Out, right? Um, one of the main points in that movie was the athletics of the black body. And I feel like, in my case personally, I feel like I have to continue to play football at the level that I do or else I won't be of use to Polly anymore. And that, I, I, it's just my personal opinion. Like, I feel like football is really one of the few things that I can offer to this institution because they already have so many academic scholars, so to speak. A lot of, uh, to pick up on what you're saying, I feel like, I, like just being black, like, you're automatically, have, like, you're seen as an athlete. I feel like if you don't, like, if you're not seen as like just an athlete, then like, I feel like you're seen as you don't have a you don't have much of a purpose. You think you guys I guess feel you pressure? See. You think you guys feel pressure to like be that? Yeah, like, most that like when athlete. yeah, like when people look at me, they automatically just assume that I play basketball. Like for all I know, they yeah. for all I know they could for like for all they know I could play cricket or something like that, but they wouldn't know that. They would just see me as. I'd have to play something like basketball or football or something like that. Just they apply things to you that yeah. wouldn't that, that wouldn't necessarily be true. 
Yeah, there's like a stigma, like, oh yeah, he has to be, he has to be doing something in order to be here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, if if he's like tall, he's probably playing basketball because like he can't be just here for school. Nah, just yeah. like being around Josh when you first got here, like I kind of noticed how people look at me and you way differently just walking in the hallway, just based off the fact that like I'm white and you're black. Like I just saw kids like always like look at you like like start staring at you way differently than they'd ever look at me in the hallway and like always just coming up like do you play basketball like oh my god what are you doing here like you must be good at ball stuff like that it's a I sin- think that Timmy to add on too I think that applies in the real world as well exactly. I mean like I have my friend I have a friend named Bruno and he's six nine and he's African American too and like I walk with him on the street and. I mean, no one like thinks anything of me, but whenever, whenever we're walking together, people always ask me. You play basketball? He actually plays baseball, though. But oh. that just adds to the stereotypes that people get. Like Greg, I mean, to the yeah, to the point of stereotypes. I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up, because then you ten, then when aside from the athletics part, which it's a good stereotype, but it also gets annoying, right? Then you have stereotypes mm-hmm. that are placed on you by society, right? Like the angry black man, which really is like highlighted through the Invisible Man book, right? By Ralph Ellison. Like right. there's um there are certain stereotypes that you are born with. No, like just just by being black, you're born with the stereotype that you're aggressive, loud, and rambunctious, right? You're, just by being black, you're born with the stereotype that you're just predisposed to a different stereotype than white men, and I feel like that has a lot to do with why. Uh, George Floyd was killed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to pick up, uh, to pick up on that, I feel like that, that was a really. Are you, are you, you talking? You you oh, my fault. But like, no, you got, up, you got, you got. To pick up on what Andrew's saying, uh, how like how the, the stereotype of angry black man. I feel like a lot of black men in the society want to run from that, which is why it's harder for them to find out who they want to be. Like, it's harder for them to identify themselves. Which really ties into the point of like the thing of identity. I feel like a lot of people in society are running from the stereotypes that were placed on them at birth, which is why they don't really know who they are as they're growing up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's like unfair advantage, of yeah. course, because like if a lot of people don't have to deal with like stereotypes, they can just be who they are. But as like minorities of black people, you have to make sure like when you're around people. You have to act a certain way so they don't yeah. deem you in a certain also, man. There's also you keep going. My fault. My fault. My fault. And then also goes back to the Invisible Man, like Andrew, you talking about. But the narrator is also raised to fit into like the role of the black man, like getting the most success you can in like a white system. So he's always working to like just be the best he can because like in his environment, it's an expectation to just never really exceed past a certain level exactly and like the highest he sees a black man in any position is dr bledsoe and he has so much behind to where he was right and characters like dr bledsoe just demonstrate the mindset of black success during like the time period but which is just like i have to fight for myself because my people they have basically no chance yeah at doing something like like that at the same time so i feel like dr bedsoe really conflicts like conflicts with the narrator about like he see like 
the narrator like really looks up to him and sees him as a person of power. But then some of the things that Dr. Bledsoe says to him could really like break an individual's because he like he looks up to him like he's like, oh, I want to be like him. I want to be successful like him. But a lot of the things that are said to him by Bledsoe are like very like conflicting to his mindset and wouldn't really they don't really motivate him. They more like they hurt his I guess mentality, I guess you could say. Right. I feel like um kinda to add on, like having people to look up to. Like, do you guys feel that even now, like, there aren't a lot of, like, successful black people you have who you can look up to and who can be like, oh, yeah, I want to be like him? And you really feel that they're, like, a genuine person and not kind of a sellout in the way that Dr. Bledsoe is? I mean, me and, like, me personally, like, I I learned, like, my my mom tells me a lot of stories about, like, people that she grew up with that are, like, that used to be like they used to they not they I can't say they, they lived the best life. Like they didn't they they took their they took their talents that they could have used for something positive and turned it for, you know, use it for something negative. Like my uh, my mom was telling me about a friend that she had who was a who was a drug dealer who he had great he had great per- people skills. Like he could have been something in life. Like he could have been great in marketing or something like that. But instead of that, he ran like uh, he ran like a whole drug operation in my neighborhood and got caught up with the police. And now he's just an old head that you see in the neighborhood. So she uses she tells me stories like that to show me that not a lot of people, not a lot of black people get the same opportunities as opportunities as me, which is why whenever I'm in school, I try to do what I can to show people that I'm not just here because I play sports or just here because just just because I got placed here luckily. I wanna I wanna show people that I wanna prove society wrong. I wanna show them that I'm more than just, you know, an average individual. You know, I have potential and I'm gonna show I'm gonna put my potential to the fullest and let people know that I can be more than what I was made out to be, I guess you could say. Yeah, I feel like people who are successful and black like one way to really know like this is a person you can really look up to is like how they um look back at where they came from. Like some people they'll just abandon basically and like ignore where they came from. But like some people like LeBron will like feed like do use what they've done, like where they came from and um bring it back and help the kids that grew up like they did. But like oh. I got it, I got it. So based off like what we see just happening with the Black Lives Movement now, like how do you think like within the real world and more specifically within Poly, we can just kind of make everyone like feel the same and feel equal? Like, like yeah. not a lot of people actually understand because they're born, they they were born in a bubble. You know, not a lot of people really sheltered. Yeah, not a lot of parents will really sit down with their kids and have that talk. And there are a few kids who seem to be, I guess, woke, you can say. But they would never actually, like, understand. So I feel like as a community, as like in the, within the poly community, we need to have these talks. Because, you know, a lot of people may get uncomfortable because it doesn't particularly relate to them. But sometimes you, whatever you don't want to hear, you need, you need to hear. Because... It'll really inform you of what goes on, 
and how you can play your role and contribute to helping it be better. If you like, if that makes sense. It does. And on that note, the chicken and rice podcast is concluded. Tune in next time. Thank you.